0: Do you love mysteries? Do you love adventure? Do you see the day of the world? Do you see the day of yourself?
1: Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, Healing ourselves into radiant health and epic answers to age old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown.
0: Because this week's episode starts in
1: three, two, one. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. It's Jenna and Amber here. And today we are discussing the Galactic Federation with one of my favorite truth seekers, Elizabeth April. Thank you for joining us, Elizabeth. We're really excited.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I I always love getting the opportunity to, you know, help spread some information, especially to those who are hungry for it. So, I mean, this is clearly the time everyone's waking up and I'm very excited to be here. So thank you so much.
1: You are so welcome. We are starving for this information, aren't we, Jenna?
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Can't wait to get into it.
1: So before Jenna shares Elizabeth's bio, I suggest anyone listening to this sits down because this one is going to blow your socks off. Go for it, Jenna. Hit us. This is the best bio on earth. (laughs)
0: Elizabeth is a cosmic channeler, and you can join her YouTube channel where she channels answers from the universe. She's a public speaker, a spiritual influencer, and a celebrated artist. She is here to spread truth and assist with people's awakening. Elizabeth has a university degree where she double majored in global political economy and communication studies. She grew up with extrasensory abilities, clairvoyance, and mediumship, and she was able to see ghosts and spirits, energies, or And even feel other people's thoughts and emotions. She has a deep understanding of how vibrational frequencies affect her and others. At age 18, she was consciously abducted by aliens, which eventually led to a heartbreaking through the view of this reality into the 5D reality that is now upon us. This newfound knowledge reawakened her DNA and her psychic and clairvoyant channeling abilities came back in extremes. She started astral traveling, lucid dreaming, reading minds and taking uh, interdimensional beings into her bedroom. So that's a little bit about Elizabeth April.
1: <laughs> I love that. Just a little bit. You are the most fascinating, incredible person I've ever heard of, Elizabeth. Wow. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be a incredible episode.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely excited, and uh, that pretty much summed it all up. So I guess we can just end the podcast here.
1: (laughs) No, no. I've I've got big questions questions for the universe. Um, I know that we have a definition for this episode, just to clear it up for anyone who may be wondering what we are discussing today.
0: Uh, So this would be my definition of the Galactic Federation, but Elizabeth, feel free to jump in and, um, you know, dissent or change what I have to say here. Um, So my definition of the Galactic Federation, as I understand it, is unbeknownst to most humans, there is an entire group of benevolent star beings. And yes, I mean highly evolved alien life forms aligned with the highest law of love slash neutral witness slash Godfield that are are hanging out, watching the earth ascend into the next station of our collective evolution. Alien beings potentially have been involved in Earth's history since at least Atlantean times and still have an interest in what's happening on our planet at this crucial moment in human and planetary history.
1: How does that sound, Elizabeth? Wow. I mean, you guys do your research. Bang on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest, I've got two Pleiadian children. So I'm selfishly very interested in this concept because is it true that the Galactic Federation is made up of Pleiadians? Some of them. Um,
2: Yes. So the easiest way that I can define the Galactic Federation is that it's basically a government system for the universe And they're the good guys of the the system out there in the universe. So they kind of keep every civilization, every planet, every other being in check. Not that they rule over anyone or anything or even have a hierarchy within their system, but they basically abide by universal law. And then they just make sure that the rest of the universe also abides by universal law. So the Palladians are a big part of the Galactic Federation. I don't know too, too much of their history, a part of the Galactic Federation, but they have told me that they were one of the original... um, seed planters, or the original creators of the Galactic Federation, obviously since they've really created it, there's been an infinite multitude of different interdimensional species, all the good ones, high vibrational ones, uh, who are also a part of the Galactic Federation. So it's really expansive. The Palladians are still a big part of it, but there are so many other players involved now. And it's really incredible to see these species from all over the universe coming together for the greater good. Of the collective.
1: Oh, music to my ears. Mm-hmm. So, should we start with a question? How did you first come to know about the Galactic Federation?
2: Yeah, so this was back in 2011 very late 2011 and by this point in time you know like you mentioned in the bio i was astral traveling remote viewing lucid dreaming i was you know seeing chakras and auras and energies and you know interacting with ghosts and spirits i mean i was pretty aligned to all of that and then after my abduction at 18 which was in 2010 I started to really open up my mind and have very vivid flashbacks of interdimensional lifetimes. So at that point in time I was pretty in flow, I was pretty aware, but I had no idea, you know, what the galactic federation was. So it was one night where I was feeling very off, very kind of lightheaded and I just went to go sit down and do a little bit of meditation. And all of a sudden, I was greeted by this giant, you know, seven foot tall, beautiful astral being that walked into my room in the middle of my meditation. And it was a male Palladian. And he told me, he said, Elizabeth, I want to invite you to a meeting. And the meeting is being held by, you know, the Galactic Federation. And it will be in three days time, which was very specifically, I can't remember dates for the life of me, but I always remember this date, uh, December 21st, 2011. So right before 2012. And he said that the time that the meeting was going to be held was 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which was my time zone at the time. And he said, It's really important that you are awake during this meeting, because, of course, in the astral, I could have gone to this meeting no problem, you know, when I was sleeping. But he really wanted me to be aware of the information that was delivered to all of us. So, of course, a couple of days later at 1 a.m., you know, I, I take a nap, I wake up, I chug back, you know, a full cup of coffee. That wasn't new to me. I was in university. So I was used to pulling all nighters. And at 2am on the dot, there he was again in my room. And he said, you know, follow me and I'll take you to the meeting. So I did. And I asked traveled with him. I didn't go physically. And, uh, and we went and believe it or not, we went Inside the center of the moon, which of course at that time I had no idea it wasn't a planet or that it wasn't you know wasn't real and it was hollow and and so the second that we entered into this meeting space inside the moon, uh, he he was gone right it was just me which was fine Um, but there was hundreds of thousands of other beings there the majority of the beings who were there were in the physical. And I was just very curious, probably a little bit rude actually, because I started astral traveling around and taking a look at all of the different interdimensional beings, just because I'd never seen such a variety in one place before. And then there was also a ton, once again, hundreds of thousands of um, astral bodies, just like me who were all kind of floating in the room as well. And then they went through all of these different concepts talking about um, you know, the reptilian takeover, even though they didn't use those words. They talked about this huge event that was about to happen in 2012. Um, they were talking about us needing to be prepared, and we were called to the meeting because we were the ones that were supposed to usher in this new vibration on planet Earth. So I was introduced. To a ton of concepts, like they talked about the three days and three nights of darkness. They talked about the hundred and forty-four thousand. They talked about, you know, ambassadors coming to the planet. They talked about all this stuff, and and clearly, I was a part of it, but I had no idea, um, really, at that time. And and it kind of left me with more questions and answers, to be honest. But that was my first ever introduction to the Galactic Federation. Pretty much ever since then, I have been communicating with the Galactic Federation, and I call them the Palladian Security Council, and it's basically about eight um, Palladian, but typically men actually, and they oversee the security of planet Earth. So if things are you know, going as planned, if the contracts are in alignment, if something has happened that wasn't supposed to happen or what have you, you know, they'll kind of alert me about it. Yeah. Which is funny. And the first time that I ever actually exposed or put out the fact that I'm in communication with them, you know, was two months ago when I put that Galactic Federation video out there and I had no idea that it was going to reach and, you know, resonate with as many people as it did.
0: Wow. I have so many questions, just even about that first meeting. So were you the only human there? Or were there other humans?
2: No, most of the astral bodies that were in the room were were human. They, 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 the reason why they were in the astral is, I don't know if maybe the atmosphere wasn't supportive or if it would actually just take too much work to transport all the humans mm-hmm. from planet Earth to mm-hmm. the meeting. But there's a, there was a ton of human, mm-hmm. human beings there, um, and they were all floating around in their astral bodies.
0: Fascinating. So, yeah, yeah. And what about the other beings that were there? Did they were they humanoid or were there all types of
2: life forms? Oh. All types. Like I remember, you know, one of them was, and it looked like actually there was two beings from every species mm. um, that were a part of the Galactic Federation at that meeting, right? So I saw all of them in twos, right? I'm like, mm. oh, this is interesting. So it wasn't a crowd of the same species; it was two of the same species. I saw so many different types of beings, definitely not all humanoid, um, and I can't even—I don't even have uh, titles or names mm-hmm. or species, you know, to put to them. But w- one of them I remember was very glob, glob, globular. Uh-huh. Like they were just like, kind of like a blob of just, I don't know what it was. But Almost it was, just like energy, I guess you could say. It was so weird. Wow. Um, Interesting. There was a, there was another pair that was, that literally looked like the little mini trolls with the, the furry head, you know, the hair. The <laughs> hair. <gasps> oh my like, gosh. Like, what? <laughs> you know?
0: So how yeah so there's a lot of a lot of variety you should you could say. And um, would you say that they had traveled so you said they were most of them were in the physical right and just mostly yep. the humans that were in the astral. So yep. do you, was do you think that this was outside of the third dimension and that's how they were able to travel there or do you think how how are the beings able to travel from their star systems to us?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean to be honest m- the majority of I think That was such a monumental meeting that I think that a lot of these interdimensionals um, came there. So it was kind of like a journey, you know what I mean? It could have been a three-week journey to get there for that meeting. Like it was kind of like a conference, right? It was a super important conference. So I think a lot of them kind of came in on their starships. Um, But to be honest, I think most of those interdimensional species we're already around planet earth. And you actually bring up a really great point because one of the number one things that I walked away with from that meeting was this almost bewilderment of uh, why humans, why humans, why here, why us, why now, why are all of these extremely powerful interdimensional beings coming together to talk about little old us? Like I had no idea you know, why humans were so special, um, and that was definitely one of the questions that I really walked away with. And, and it wasn't until actually 2016 when I continued to beg the Palladian Security Councils to tell me, you know, why humans? Why us? Why here? Why now? Why? Like, aren't mm-hmm. we just this lowly third dimensional species? Aren't there trillions of terrestrial third dimensional planets out there in the universe? Why are we so important? Why are we garnering so much, not only just respect, but attention, mm-hmm. you know? And what what was their answer? Does
1: the future of the universe depend on the future of Earth?
2: Yeah, yeah, really, truly. So there's been other channelers. I think Dolores Cannon was a big one, a part of this, that have mentioned that this is kind of a master planet in a lot of ways. And I, I never understood that. Once again, for years until 2016, finally they told me. And basically what they told me, so cool, they said that Throughout the universe, ever since the dawning of the universe, this is way before humans, way before this planet. Ever since the dawning of this universe, we've lived in a binary system, which means that Um, you know, we live with both light and dark. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there has been a battle between the lowest vibrational species in the universe and the highest vibrational species in the universe. And so time and time again, the Galactic Federation has posed a peace treaty to end the war between light and dark, right? Why can't we just all get along? You know, you be on your side, we'll be on our side, and that's fine. The, The Galactic Federation has never tried to override the darkness. They've just tried to make peace with it, right? And time and time again, because of selfish leaders and what have you, especially on the dark end of things, um, the peace treaties have failed, right? But once again, they've always been a written contract. Who really cares about a written contract? You know, it could be 10 years later or 10,000 years later, but eventually that contract you know, was, was over, overridden by, by that dark side. So uh, it was a long time ago, and there was an oracle on board one of the Galactic Federation ships. And the oracle said that one day, there was gonna be a species out there in the universe that was going to end the war of all wars. Mm. And the Galactic Federation and the councils had no idea what this oracle was talking about. But then, of course, it came out later on that, hey, we have advancements in genetics that can actually bring together all of these different DNA strands. So eventually, the GFL realized that this species that was going to be the one to end the war of all wars in the universe was going to be a hybrid, kind of an experimental species that was going to accumulate some of the lowest vibrational DNA of the universe and some of the highest vibrational DNA of the universe. And if we can actually bring together all of this DNA into one life form, then we could actually create, or they could create a living, breathing, walking, talking peace treaty. And in that way, it's not just a piece of paper. It's not just something that can be easily overridden. Basically The outcome of this battle that we're all currently existing in right now, it depends on us. It's not up to the reptilians. It's not up to the Palladians. If we can all love each other and get along as the children of 20 plus different interdimensional beings then we have proven to ourselves that we can create peace in the universe mm-hmm. and, you know, our the mothers and fathers, the DNA that, that, you know, came from us or created us, um, they basically have to agree with the outcome of where humanity lands. And that's why there's been so much corruption and manipulation from the dark side on this planet is because they don't want us to succeed. They don't want us to love ourselves because essentially that means that they win. You know, if we end in, in an explosion of nuclear warfare, they win. If we end hugging each other, no matter what race, no matter what age, no matter what gender, um, you know, no matter what culture or language, if we love each other at the end of the day, then we've won. We've won the peace treaty and, and we are creating peace for hopefully all of eternity uh, in this universe. Mm,
0: We're
1: in Boston. Bodying
2: it, how
0: fascinating!
1: Wow, no pressure for the human race.
0: <laughs> so, so can I, I have a question too, just on what she said. Do you want to? Is that okay, real quick, Amber? Oh yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay. Um. So you had said, you know, like we were a hybridization of a whole bunch of different uh, DNAs, and I've also had that sense just through my own intuition, and that's just kind of what makes sense to me if you look at humans. Um. But. What races are there that um, hybridized to make us? And under what circumstances did that occur?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, great question. OK, so this is basically like the majority of this is my biggest interest. Right. Once again, how does the universe work? Why are we here? Why are we so important? I mean, I've spent the past 10 years figuring all of this out. So I'll just kind of it for you. Um So, yeah, so there's really five main species that I believe, I mean, I think, I believe that there's about 20, if not more than 20 species that that are all combined with us, but there's five main ones that I know for sure, for sure are the biggest ones. Um, Yeah, uh, so I'll talk about that. And then, um, yeah, okay, I'll just start with that, I guess. Okay, so there are the Anunnaki, There are the reptilians, no surprise there. Literally science says that we have a reptilian brain. There is the Palladian, we've got Palladian DNA. There's angelic DNA. And then we also have gray DNA. And we also have the Neanderthal DNA, which is of course our ancestors. And truly, truly that was the basis and the foundational starting point to combine all of the different DNAs. And then your second question is- Really quick,
0: Neanderthal was, was that native to earth?
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Neanderthal is native to Earth. Okay. That allows us to be here and function here and what okay. have you. And that was once again, the basis of our DNA.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah. And how did that, so my next question was how, yeah. under what circumstances did that get combined and when? Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Long time ago. And this took, uh, you know, generations, hundreds of thousands of years to really combine all of these different DNAs in, in a very appropriate way. The funny thing is, is that the Galactic Federation, has always known about this, um, about this contract and this peace treaty, and about our prophecy. Really, they call this a prophecy planet, and uh, and they call human beings the prophecy. Right. And so um, it wasn't just, we weren't just made in a laboratory, believe it or not, the reptilians were here before any other species was Mm -hmm. here on this planet. Mm -hmm. Um, They were really, the reptilians were here during dinosaur era, Mm -hmm. you know, they were here before we were here as the Neanderthal. And, uh, And so the Anunnaki came to this planet and they basically wanted to evolve the Neanderthal for their own selfish reasoning, so that they could have some sort of slave race mm-hmm. funny thing is, is that i call the anunnaki the seed planters of the universe because in a way they were the ones who created the andromedans they were the ones who created the Palladians. they were the ones who originally created the angels the anunnaki were the creators of the majority of the um, humanoid races in the universe which is really mm-hmm. interesting but they created all these species for their own gain. So they very selfishly created these beings to, say, mine gold on other planets or other precious resources or what have you mm-hmm. for their own gain, right? So they created us once again, or they kind of manipulated us and and uh, and, and displaced their DNA with our DNA. They actually did this organically, um, believe it or not. So they would um, partner with the human beings to create, I call them like they used to be called back in ancient uh, Greece and and um,
0: Roman times, like the demigods. demigods. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and and so, would we, you say would you say the Anunnaki are like the ancient pantheons? You know, like Zeus and. Mm-hmm, um, yep, exactly. Would, that exactly would be them, right? Okay, a hundred percent. They they were the giants.
2: Like they were literally the giants of of you know the world, and they look very humanoid, but they were giant. They were huge. The majority of the Anunnaki who came here were all males. It's a very male. Dominated
0: mm. race, right? Mm. So Is that where we get our patriarchy from.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah, that's a part of it. Um, the other part of it, see reptilian. So the Anunnaki came here for their own needs. You know, they, they kind of splice their DNA, not knowing the bigger picture, not knowing that they were actually in alignment to do that all along. Then the reptilians come into play. They start working with our DNA as well. Once again, I mean, it's so funny how both of these species are doing it for their own gain and yet it's all a part of the plan, right? So the, the Galactic Federation is just sitting back saying, yep, keep, keep keep going, you know, you're doing, you're, you're a part of it. So, Um, and then, yeah, and then uh, ancient Atlantis came along. And that's when the planet was seeded with uh, the Palladian DNA, Mm -hmm. right? So the Atlanteans and the Limerians came down. And from what I understand, they had about 80% Palladian DNA, Mm -hmm. and they had about 20% Neanderthal DNA. And they they created that mix on board a ship. And then they chose to volunteer to kind of create this utopian society on the planet, Mm -hmm. because they felt like, in the best way possible, they were going to seed the planet with the, the highest vibration possible and, and all of the spirituality and all of the technology and everything, you know, they wanted to give to this planet to set it up. Right. So we've had the darkest of the dark come to the planet. We've had the lightest of the light come to the planet. And and then we've tried to you know tried to find that middle ground, and unfortunately it's been a lot of the reptilian and a lot of the um, the Anunnaki influences that have you know really maintained this corruption uh, and maintained this this patriarchy like you mentioned. And so that's, I mean, once again, it hasn't been all through petri dishes or up on ships. It's actually been quite organic through a long process and period of time to get here. And that's why I believe that every single human being, no matter how awakened your soul is or how freaking stubborn you are, you, have, you are a hybrid. You have hybrid DNA. And depending on your personality traits... I can tell right away who has higher than normal Palladian DNA or reptilian DNA or Anunnaki DNA or gray DNA just by interacting with someone or even just scanning their energy. Totally. I, I feel that too.
0: Yeah. Fascinating. Wow. Oh my gosh. Mm. So
1: April, would you say that this moment in time we're in right now with all this craziness going on in the world is the moment that the Pleiading Galactic Federation has been waiting for, Mm -hmm. um, for us to actually shift the energies into um, more of a, yeah, into more of a loving peace-based society. Is this the moment?
2: Yeah, 100%, without a doubt. I mean, it's so wild because when all of this went on, you know, I think it was probably back in. What I I think it was actually when I was channeling the Galactic Federation and I was really called like they literally told me they said write this conversation down, because typically I don't like typically I just communicate with them and it's no big deal and whatever they said please write this down. And that's the video that I released. Um, And so, you know, back in, I think, February, when I was talking to them, I'm like, what's going on? The world's like in absolute craziness. Um, How are you guys? Like, where is the world at right now? And they were the most calm, like cool as a cucumber. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And they're like, oh, yeah, this is all the plan. You know, everything's going exactly the way it needs to. We're very excited. Things are happening, you know, and I'm like, what? (laughs) So... It's, it's, it was that calmness that really um, allowed me to also embody that calm and kind of create that peace and calm for everyone else on the planet or whoever saw that video, at least. It did that.
1: It did that to me. I, that, that was when I first discovered you, I stumbled upon your video, which was circulating, thank goodness. And that was the first moment I felt in my bones, like, wow, like this is all really going to plan and this isn't terrifying. It's exciting. This is, we are on the precipice of a massive breakthrough and everything's okay. Like someone else is looking out for us. We Mm -hmm. can have faith that bigger light forces have our back and this is perfect. Thank you so much for that. It really soothed my nerves and yeah, everyone who watched that came back being like, you know what? I'm really excited. This is great. (laughs) Yes.
2: And so the other thing that that is really important for people to keep in mind right now, you know, especially people who maybe don't resonate with the Galactic Federation or haven't seen that video or what have you, um, the biggest thing is don't get stuck in polarity, right? So there's a lot of people waking up. And by that, I mean, there's a lot of people who are questioning the foundations of their reality, which is incredible. But then instead of just taking their reality at face value in an ignorant way, which most of us have done most of our lives, you know, all of a sudden, like, oh, well, you know, is Trump a good guy or a bad guy? Is Q good or bad? Does he exist? You know, who is he? Um, You know, what about forced vaccinations? Like, is this this an evil plot? You know, what's going on? And so, uh, you know, the biggest thing is don't get stuck in one end or one side of things or another. In order to be in a high vibrational frequency, it's not to be ignorant. It's not to continue to say, oh, everything's love and light. It's not about that. It's about understanding and having both sides of the knowledge, but also to rise above and to to keep that frequency of everything is going as planned. Right. Once again, not in an ignorant, you know, I'll believe anything way, but in a soulful, I feel it way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so you know, the Galactic Federation, they have dismantled nuclear weapons before. I don't know if you guys know this, but all the governments in the entire world, it's called nuclear pro- proliferation. It means that so they're continuing to to build these nukes all around the world to say, oh, well, this country has more nukes than this country. But they're at a standstill because every time they actually go to um Test, field test these nuclear weapons. They're always disabled, and they're actually disabled by flying saucers, right? So this <laughs> UFO will hover over the nuclear facility. All of a sudden, the second that they go to test that nuclear weapon, it's completely dismantled, right? They're, yes, so good. all the governments in the world are unable to test, or even they wanted to shoot these nukes out into the freaking space, and they're not able to do that because they're completely disarmed. And the thing is, in my mind. If the interdimensional beings have great amounts of technology and advancement, um, and they're able to do that, you know, they're able to do anything. If, if, they, if we weren't supposed to get mandatory vaccines, they can dismantle that. If we aren't supposed to, you know, be in quarantine, they could change that, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing, though, too, in understanding the Galactic Federation is... They abide by the law of non-intervention, and that's really important, right? They won't just intervene um, just because they feel it's necessary to do so. There are checks and balances uh, within that kind of system, and ultimately it's based on the collective consciousness of this society and this planet and humanity to choose and decide, okay, we're ready for cosmic alien UFO disclosure. Disclosure. Mm -hmm. We're ready to wake up. We're ready for the next level. We're ready to stand in our power. We're ready to say no. The second that we collectively come to that decision, they will be right by our side. But we all have to collectively wake up and ask for the same thing. And if we're all waking up and asking for love and peace and prosperity, that's what we're going to get. If we're all waking up and saying, oh my goodness, look at all the corruption, that's what we're going to perpetuate. And that's Mm -hmm. important.
0: Wow. Have you ever seen Star Trek by any chance because they talk about the Galactic Federation and Star Trek exactly like the role of uh, what you say non intervention? Mm-hmm that's like straight Star Trek. I think like Gene Roddenberry must have been a star seed or something. Wow.
2: Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that, but, but literally when I have these experiences, I tell people, I'm like, this is stranger than fiction. Like this is, this, it literally sounds like I'm in the middle of a giant sci-fi movie,
0: but I also believe that those seeds were planted on this planet for a reason. Well. Totally. And people yeah. like, you know, like yourself or others could have had, like you said, interdimensional lifetimes, lives on other planets and they come and they then, you know, that's deep within their inner knowing. And so the art that they create can reflect that too. Yep.
1: So Elizabeth, do you think that now is the time that aliens are preparing to reveal themselves in a bigger way on earth, considering we are at this precipice of waking up?
0: Well, it depends on us, doesn't it? Yep.
2: Yeah, it definitely depends on us. Um, But it's, it's so clear. I mean, there's kind of like this I guess for lack of a better word, like a portal that has opened up on planet earth. And really what's happening is what's going on with the coronavirus and the quarantine, it's shutting down all of our old realities and all of our old programming. And it's allowing us the space to wake up and question is there something more and with that space to question and go a little bit deeper um they have an opportunity to open us up to a new perspective and a new reality and one of that you know part of that new reality is um them is the fact that they're here and and it's so funny because um uh alien cosmic disclosure is directly associated with spiritual awakening. And for the longest time, I didn't understand why, but they just recently explained this to me. And they basically said that because each and every one of us are hybrids, because we all have this deep inner knowing, because we are all essentially connected to being volunteers on this planet, The second that we have our own experience, whether it be, you know, encountering an interdimensional in your dream space or, you know, stargazing at night and seeing a flashing orb or whatever that experience of breaking through that wall of your reality, you know, once you have that experience of cosmic disclosure, you instantly unlock this knowing within you that you are a part of that. You're a part of something greater. And if you take a look at the news and not the mainstream news, but the kind of like, back-end underground news you'll start to see that there are tons of videos emerging all over the world like literally every Mm -hmm. single day 2020 there's been more ufo sightings in 2020 and we're not even halfway through the year than there has been probably within the past five years it's really incredible they're finally showing themselves the pentagon finally released a video Mm -hmm. that was released you know 2017 i mean things are happening and we're getting prepared and there's a bigger picture as to what we're getting prepared for. Um, And I haven't really spoken about that publicly. And the reason why is because I don't feel, well, the message that I've been getting is that right now humanity is dealing with enough And to take it to the next, next level is going to be a little overwhelming for most people. But all I want to do is I want to plant the seed here to say there's a reason and a purpose why we all need to be exposed and woken up to um, alien life form. And the fact that we are a part of them because there's a greater picture and there's a greater end goal here for the planet and for this next
1: evolutionary step. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Christmas is coming early. Wow, that's <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> well, I, I got shivers. <laughs> Farah, I have so many questions. My my brain is exploding right now. Can can we rewind and you tell us a little bit more about your original alien abduction and how that played such a role in your awakening?
2: Yeah, so, you know, just like I was mentioning, you know, having that experience full on, it really um, reminds you of who you are. So, so I was, you know, at a ten-day meditation retreat, and on the second night of meditation, of course, it was a silent meditation retreat. Go figure. Oh,
1: Vipassana. Yeah. Vipassana. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've done Vipassana too. It's intense. Really intense. Yeah.
2: Super intense. So I was 18. I moved out of my house, you know, my parents' house for the first time. The only thing I wanted to do was go to Vipassana. And the reason why is because I had spent at least three prior lifetimes practicing this technique of, you know, equanimity, awareness of sensation without reaction, understanding pain as an illusion, sitting in silence, like, I spent lifetimes doing this. And at that point in time, at 18, I'd already re- uh, revisited many of my previous lifetimes. So I knew that this was something that I needed to do. I didn't really realize that, you know, I was going to be abducted while doing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but on the second night of this meditation retreat, I was taken very consciously. I was extremely aware of being taken. It was a very scary experience. I was taken by the beings, the tall whites. I've literally never interacted with them again after that moment. I was just contracted to interact with them that night. And I think that there's two big reasons why I needed that experience. One was I needed to have a fear-based alien encounter And the reason why is because um, I needed to be compassionate towards other people and other humans on the planet who have had fear-based encounters with interdimensionals. I've only had like 99% of my interaction with interdimensionals have all been extremely, like almost annoyingly optimistic and that can really trigger a lot of people who have had extremely dark experiences with being taken, you know, seemingly against their will and, and this and that. So so that was part of the experience. I needed to go through that. But the real reason why I needed to have that experience was not only did it tell me and, and really show me that aliens are here, they're real, they're interacting with us. But after about two weeks, you know, when I really settled down the fear of the experience, about two weeks after I had that experience, Uh, I started having very vivid flashback and very vivid recall to myself as an interdimensional being, not as a tall white, but as a tall gray, actually as a Mm. tall gray ambassador. So Mm. it was so crazy to the point where I would be walking down the hallway of my university going to class in the middle of the day. And all of a sudden I would get a flashback to myself as an eight foot tall gray being walking down the hallway of a very dimly lit you know, spaceship. Right. Mm. Um, And I started having flashback after flashback after flashback to the point where I had a flashback of signing the contracts to be Elizabeth April in this lifetime, let alone signing the contracts to volunteer to come to this planet and be a part of this great awakening. Uh, So, yeah, so that's that was the main reason why I needed to have that experience was to remember who I really
1: am and why (laughs) I came here initially. Can, can you tell us what it actually looked like? Like, were you, you were meditating at the retreat and yeah. it was in the middle of the night and did, did this alien, this um, tall white appear in your room or did you start yeah. to go up towards their ship or how, how did it mm-hmm. physically go down?
2: Yeah. So, um, so I was laying in bed and of course I was asleep, asleep and I actually had a roommate, right? Cause you're kind of paired with someone else in the same room, but there was a sheet in between us. It must have been right in the middle of the night. Actually, I think it was around three, three a.m. Because I, I looked at my phone after, which you're not—you're not allowed to have—but I—I I took it anyway. <laughs> anyway, and so yeah, and so I, I woke up, you know, in the middle of the night, and there was this giant white face that was literally right over top of me. And at first, I thought it was actually my boyfriend. So I'm like, oh, so who? What? You know, it was the second night that I was there, so I was kind of still delirious. And then all of a sudden, next thing I knew, I was being pulled out of my bed by these three very tall, like probably around seven feet tall, very you know gangly white beings. Your physical and body
1: I... or like your energetic body was no being physical, pulled out. very physical, physical. Yeah. Whoa, physical
2: body. Yep. Yeah. they pulled me out of my bed, and there was one on my left leg, there was one on my left arm, and then there oh. was one my right arm and they and 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 I remember I remember looking down and seeing them walking into the hallway with me I remember that I like I sleep naked so I was like butt ass naked and <laughs> I had I had one sock on. I remember I looked down at my feet, right? And, and my right leg. So there's three beings on three of my limbs and my right leg was dangling. And I just remember looking at my dangling leg, seeing this pink sock. You know, the only thing that I was wearing was just one pink sock.
1: That's kind of comical. That's cute.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then we went into the hallway.
1: But wait, did your it roommate wake up? Weren't you screaming?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. So I like, So basically my body was paralyzed. I couldn't move. And I couldn't talk, um, but I could see. It was so weird. I could literally see everything that was going on. Um, and, and initially, I thought that I was my vocal cords were muted. But I, I think, no, initially, I thought that they muted my ears. Like, I thought that I was deaf. Like, I thought they just did that. But essentially, I, I ended up realizing later on that they muted my vocal cords because um, I thought that I was screaming. You know, I thought that I was yelling, oh, but yeah. like, clearly I wasn't. Um, and so they took me into the hallway, um, you know, dragged me that way and took me into the hallway. And then from the hallway, we literally just went onto a ship. Like I have no idea. I ne- I did not recall how we got from the hallway to the ship. But once again, I was just as conscious on board that ship as I was when I was, you know, initially taken from my bed. And I was sitting in a metal chair. I wasn't strapped in or anything, but also I couldn't move, so it was no big deal. And I was sitting in this chair and in front of me, there was about seven or eight of these tall white beings all looking at me. And to the right of me, I could see in my periphery that there was one of the tall white beings standing to my right side and he kind of felt like the doctor, right? And beside me on the right side, there was a giant machine and it was metal and it kind of looked like a metal box And then in the middle of the metal box coming right for me was a metal cylinder. And as the cylinder moved forward towards my ear, it got smaller and smaller and smaller. And even though I didn't feel anything, I knew that they put something in my ear. I knew that they had chipped me. I didn't even know that that was possible, but I knew that that's what happened. And it was so weird because the intense amount of fear that I felt during that whole experience I knew that that fear wasn't my own, like for whatever reason, I knew that they were actually releasing some sort of chemical compound uh, in my brain to release this fear to actually paralyze me. And later on, I did a little bit of research on the tall whites. And there's a guy who worked with the tall whites in the government, uh, I believe, maybe I don't know, Area 51 or something. And he explained all of the um the skills and the technologies that they have which matched up perfectly to my experience with them right they have this ability to release the chemical compound cortisol or whatever in the brain to kind of release that that fear anyway and then that was it you know they they put the thing in my ear they put me back into my bed and uh and I woke up like I woke up right away um and I looked at my phone and I texted my boyfriend and I said this is going to sound crazy, but please do as much research as you can on any kind of abductions in Egbert, Ontario, which is where the Vipassana Center was. And uh, and I said, please do this for me. Whatever you know, I texted at like three thirty in the morning. And, uh, and then the very next day, of course, it's a silent meditation retreat in the middle of the woods, like what better place to abduct someone <laughs> when they can't talk to anyone about it. <laughs> and uh, so I, I ended up stealing a butter knife because that's all they had. I stole a butter knife from the, the kitchen and I kept it underneath my pillow. And I didn't necessarily want to hurt them, but I wanted to get proof, right? That was my biggest thing was I wanted to like nick them and get some weird green alien blood or something, so at least I had you know some sort of proof that this happened. Um, but I will say that when I went back into my bed and I kind of got up in the middle of the night, I went to my ear to touch it and there was indeed just a drop of blood that was coming mm. from my ear. And I think that in a way like that was my proof. Um, I even went to the doctor sounding like an absolute crazy person. I said, I don't know. Something's weird with my ear. Can you just take a look? She didn't find anything. Um, Whoa. but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what, what uh, transpired after afterwards. And do you feel like
0: you're chipped now or do you feel like there's something in there? Does
2: that stress you out? Nope. nope. Uh, so I actually went to go see a psychic, um, afterwards very divinely, you know, orchestrated. You went to go see this woman and I, and she did psychic surgery, something called mm. psychic
0: surgery.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And I said to her, I said, something really weird happened. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Can you just scan my body and tell me she scans my body? And she's like, yep, yeah, there's a chip in your right ear. Oh, and I'm like, my what? Gosh. And they're like, yeah there she said they, so she said the reason why you were chipped uh, and abducted in the first place was because they were very curious about your vibration because you have higher than normal uh, vibrational frequency for a human. So they were actually quite curious about you. And basically, she said that there's this energy going from the chip in your ear, and it actually goes down your spine and the energy wraps around your heart. And then it goes up the back of your neck and it wraps around your crown chakra. So so they were monitoring my heart palpitations along with my vibrational frequency. And it took me about two weeks to find this woman to do the psychic surgery. And, uh, and so during that two weeks, I felt watched. I I felt followed. I didn't want to do any astral travel because I felt like maybe they were going to enter my body. Like I just wasn't sure what their intentions were. Mm. And then she basically said she couldn't take it out physically, but she said that it was made up, it was high technology made of organic material. And she said that she saw the the four little prongs in it that were latching onto my inner ear canal. Mm. And uh, and so she said that she basically dismantled it or disarmed it or whatever, deactivated. That's what the word she used. She said she deactivated it. She said she cleared my energy and aura. And um, to be honest, I still have weird issues with uh, drainage, right? So like after that happened, I had some weird stuff drained from my right ear. And ever since then, I've had some weird, like I, I still have a weird drainage issue with my right ear mm. even to this day. But other than that, nope. the The chip is gone. They don't watch me anymore. I have no interactions with the tall whites.
1: I was about to say, do you do any practices to protect yourself now before Mm -hmm. you go to sleep to stop any type of, you know, alien species coming on in and dragging you out of your bed? And also before Um, you channel.
2: No, no, you know, I don't really live in fear that way. I do have my own mechanisms of, you know, healthy boundaries. And I put an invisibility cloak around me when I go astral travel, the universe and those kind of things. Um, But I don't, I don't really live in fear. There have been uh, two moments now where, well, one moment that happened maybe two years ago, uh, and I was doing a conference, an alien conference in New Mexico, and I was speaking at it. And me and my wife ended up getting physically abducted from our from our hotel room by these you know little you know little gray aliens the not so nice ones and it's so funny about an hour into the abduction that uh, these gray aliens basically got this call. It was so weird because I tapped into what happened. They wiped our memory, but there was a lot of signs, like really weird signs. Anyway, so I tapped in. I said, What's, what happened last night? And when I tapped in, you know, about an hour into the abduction, the Galactic Federation calls this alien ship, this this little short gray alien ship and said, you are, you are, you know, overstepping your boundaries. Um, you are not allowed to take you know, Elizabeth, like she, she is with us. Like you need to put them back right now or we're going inter- to intervene. Right. Yes. So it was really funny. It was kind of nice to see that they, they had my back and they kind of discovered what was going on. And they basically called them and said, you put her back right now. You are not, you don't have contracts to do this. So, you know, there has been moments like that, but, um, you know, other than that, I just, I, I only have compassion over even the darkest of, of beings out there in the universe.
1: Wow.
0: I think we have gotten into some fascinating stuff and we know that there's a galactic federation. We know that they have our back. We know that all is going to plan that there's no need to be, to be fearful. If anything, we just need to, you know, open our hearts and minds to to love and to believe in the future that we want to see, which is, you know, peace and love and also to open our minds to actually having contact with interdimensionals and extraterrestrials. Um, We heard about some great, great abduction stories. And, um, I mean, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good.
1: Beautiful. Well, maybe we should wrap up by asking Elizabeth, are there any messages you feel our audiences, our audience needs to hear at this moment of time? I know Jenna just kind of recapped what we went through, but I know that you're in constant dialogue with the universe. So is there anything today, any hit you, you have that you think our audience needs to hear?
2: Yeah, I think maybe the last thing to kind of leave off on is just understanding how powerful you are, you know, to really just kind of take it in and understand that you have, all of you have high amounts of interdimensional DNA. You're not just a third dimensional lowly human who is just existing in this reality. Each and every one of you are living a double life, and it is only through your awareness and your vibrational frequency where you're able to fully unlock those aspects. But if you're unaware that you even have those incredible aspects to begin with, then it's going to be very difficult to unlock them. So the number one thing is seriously love and appreciate the existence that you have dive in and surrender to the resistance that you may feel to being human and it is only then when you get into your baggage it is only then when you fully experience the 3d world and transmute the 3d world by loving and appreciating it where you will rise higher than ever before and naturally gracefully unlock the DNA that has been waiting for you to really realize and express your highest and greatest power. So I just want to leave everyone off with the understanding that If you think that what I can do is cool (laughs) or whatever it is, you can do it too. You are psychic. You can astral travel. You can remote view. You can lucid dream. You can do all of that. That is innately gifted within each and every one of us. So let go of the resistance that you have and uh, and start to realize how powerful
1: you really are. Beautiful. This is not the time to play small. Yeah. Wow. Love well, it. We are with you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. And I know our audience are going to be dying to know where to get hold of you, where to follow you, your website, the offerings that you have. So, why, why don't you quickly let us know about those things?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you can just, you know, Google Elizabeth April. I'm pretty much all over every social media. Um, And then for those of you who really want to go a little bit deeper, I do have a YouTube membership page. I've been putting a lot of work, time, energy into exclusive videos. So right now I have over 50 hours of exclusive never before seen videos on the YouTube membership. Um, And then I also, you know, I'm not taking one-on-one sessions right now because I can't even explain to you how booked I am, but um, I am taking on uh, new students for a shift masterclass. So anyone out there who feels like you're still struggling with the 3D world, anyone who feels like you're still kind of in resistance or you you hold limiting beliefs, but you don't know why you're holding them or where they're coming from. This is what the masterclass is all about. It's called Shift Masterclass because it's meant to shift you from the third dimension density into the fifth dimension density. If you're already living your best life and you feel super happy, then the course is not for you. But if you are interested in that course, um, you're going to have to just email me from my website, elizabethapril.com, and
0: then I can send you over all the information.
1: Incredible. (laughs) You're
0: a blessing on this planet at this time, Elizabeth April, and we're so grateful to have you on. There's no words. Yep. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you so
2: much, both of you, for having me on and and providing such a beautiful and safe space for me to deep dive into some pretty wild experiences that I've had.
1: Wow. Such It was unbelievable. Like I'm still trying (laughs) to find the words for for everything you shared today. And I can't thank you enough for all the work that you're doing at this point in time. You are a true blessing and a light being. Thank you, Elizabeth. And um, we offer our audience a challenge or an invitation at the end of every episode. And today we have, can you open your mind a little more to the idea that aliens are among us, not only among us, that we are part of that alien hybrid species. So Follow Elizabeth to stay inspired and in the know with this very exciting earthly transition. And that covers it for today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We would love to know if any of our audiences have experienced any alien abduction or have any type of stories or information on this topic. Go ahead and leave us a comment. Uh, we, We read all of our comments and reviews. So go ahead and join us on this incredible journey in this conversation. Thanks, guys. And we will have you with us next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.